Uh, we've been working through this book right here called Core 52, and it's, it's basically a devotional book. There's 52 themes from the Bible, and the idea is that at the end of a, of a year, you would have familiarity with the major themes in the Bible, or most of the major themes in the Bible anyway, and there's different activities and things like further reading, other scriptures, um, life application stuff uh, for each of the themes. If you want a book, they're in the back um, under the, the TV in the in the lobby, uh, so feel free to check that out. This morning we're going to be talking about um, gaining grit for life's journey, and uh, you know, just to be honest, I, I, um, I got this index card here because um, I'm, you know, working, I've done the video and working through, um, I made the, the, the virtual sermon video and then working through my stuff this morning, I was like, you know what, I just don't, this just isn't, hasn't come together well. So... I rewrote some thoughts on a different order and things on this little index card here, and that's what I'm going with today. And, uh, and I say that because if this isn't any good and you don't understand anything, that's why. And so what's our rule? When I don't do well up here, um, no direct eye contact after the service. You just leave, go to your cars, go to Taco Loco. And by the time the chips hit the table, we've forgotten about all this anyway, and we're on to the next thing. Why Taco Loco? Why not Cozumel or Mucho Buenos? Excellent restaurants, but Taco Loco has Diet Coke. That's why I say, right? Right. If you know, you know. Okay. So, um, major historical discovery this past March. Uh, that perfectly leads into the idea of gaining grit. Uh, this was found uh, two miles under um, uh, an Antarctic, uh, the, the Weller, the, the, I have it written down, the Weddell Sea, because I know that's important, um, in Antarctica. Uh, that's the, the ship is in Endurance. Uh, the, the captain was uh, Ernest Shackleton, and, and, uh, they found it uh, two miles, perfectly preserved because of the cold weather, even like sitting upright. And, and essentially, you know, I was thinking today, <clears throat> like you see the name Endurance there. That's what happens when you name a boat that challenges the sea. Like we should learn that lesson from history, right? Like Endurance in the oceans, like, oh yeah? And uh, Titanic. Oh, we'll see about that. Or, you know, the, like the, the, the revenge of, of Queen Anne's revenge, or the, like the, the USS World Discoverer. You name a ship like that, you're just asking for the ocean to sink it, and it did. Like, if I ever have a boat, and I never will, it'll be something like, I'm just happy to be out here. <laughs> you don't challenge the ocean. So we've established that. Endurance. There's a book called Endurance, the, the legendary um, journey of Ernest Shackleton. And it was, it was, I read it about four years ago. It was absolutely incredible. I highly recommend it. The, the you know, book, audio book, whatever. It was exhausting because that real, I lost my picture, that real um, boat uh, went on this. They were trying to uh, go through Antarctica for be like the first to, to, um, to get there and back, and, and, um, 
and ice formed around the boat, and it was stranded and eventually crushed and sank. The crew lived for two years in a makeshift structure, didn't lose a single crew member. They had to, and most of that time, you know, based on where they were, was in complete darkness. And they had to um, hunt uh, to, to get uh, oil for their lamps and to cook food and for food because they ran out of supplies, you know, pretty quickly. And, and so it's just, it's just problem after problem after problem until they, they finally were able to get conditions to where they, they got on a lifeboat, a few of them, and just left and had to try to get their way, just kind of find some form of civilization. And they found a factory, and then they waited until the time was right, and they went back and they rescued the rest of the crew so, so no one was lost. But it's a fascinating, exhausting, it's almost on, on the level of myth, right, with a, with, a, with, a boat, with, a, with a boat named Endurance that sinks, and then two years in the absolute stark, barren, cold um, conditions, but, but it just, it's, that, it's that feeling of, of, wow, those men had grit. They had perseverance. They had resilience. They had stamina. And so what we're going to talk about today is, is how can we develop that kind of grit and stamina? Because let's be honest, this, this life ain't easy, right? Life is, this, this life is not for the weak. This is a very difficult journey that we're on. Seasonally, sometimes life is great, but seasonally life can be pretty difficult. And like, 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 like things, you know, we just went through a very difficult two years, and, and we're still in it. I mean, there's, there's plenty of trickle down, and, and, you know, there's still, you know, COVID still around and, and all that. Um, but we were, we were struggling before the pandemic. Like, if you were to look at, at some of the leading books and articles and podcasts from 2019. It was like um, how to take back your life, how to overcome burnout, uh, things like that. Like we were toast going into the pandemic. And then take away, um, uh, take away everything we love to do, take away the people we love to be around, uh, favorite places, um, uh, the, the loss from the pandemic itself, the, the, the threat of, of, of sickness, um, it was a really difficult couple of years, and we were in bad shape beforehand. And so now, um, we're just kind of a people, um, if we're honest, and, and the evidence is everywhere, I don't need to get into this again, but it's like, I mean... People on edge today, or drivers more aggressive, our customers more frustrated. Or, I mean, it just, it's, we're just, we're not in a good place. And, and essentially, um, it, it's, we need to um, rebuild our reserves, our grit, our stamina. And how do we do that? And that's, that's what I want to, to talk you through uh, this morning. So, so Jesus tells this story, and I want to, I'm going to read it to you. It's, it's from Matthew. Um, Matthew 25, and it's a parable, which is a, which is a story with a spiritual um, um, lesson to it, and it's, it's masterful. So I'm going to read it, and, and uh, April, the slides are out of order. I'm going to go to Matthew 25, and just uh, kind of shoot from the hip with me. I'll try to remember to tell you what I'm going to beforehand, April, 
April's our, our, um, our sound tech today, so very grateful for, for her. And I didn't, of course, remember to tell her that I made a lot of changes before I'm up here right now. So, <clears throat> because I'm an only child and it's all about me and it's all for me. And people know what I know. Matthew 25. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins. It can also be translated bridesmaids. The idea is there's a bridal party. Who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones uh, took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. They had backup oil. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the bridesmaids woke up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The bridesmaids uh, who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. The door was shut. Later, the others uh, also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. So there's this idea in the ancient world where this was, this was very common in, in the ancient Jewish world. Uh, the, the, the bridesmaids would wait, and the groom would come for them and then lead them all to the um, ceremony and the party. It was a big deal in those days. That's how it worked. And Jesus, when he, when he talks about, um, um, he, he talks about the moment, and the idea is, and I think this fulfills several different times in our life, ultimately leading up to the moment that we stand before God. But, but I think that, that when you think of the moment, you think of that uh, you're waiting on God for something. You're waiting on God for something. You need God for something. And, and one of the great truths of the parable, this, this is just one of those perfect um, illustrations from Jesus. Um, um, God is late. God is slow. Rarely is it like, uh, God, I need you to show up. Bing, done. I need you to do this for me, God. I need you to say, you know, you know you're, 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 you're drowning, and rarely is it just like, there, there you go, life raft, you're good. You're back in the boat, you're on your feet. God usually shows up to do the thing God's going to do well after you're ready for it to happen. Well after you're convinced if it doesn't happen, I got nothing left in the tank. Like God shows up late. If you can't live with it, don't follow Jesus. Don't try to do anything for God. Don't invite God on your journey or, you know, be a part of God's journey for your life. <clears throat> God just shows up late. And in this story, what happens? God shows up late. He's a long time in coming. And, and uh, um, there's, there's a group of, of ladies who are just kind of living on whatever they got in the tank. And that's why this, this parable works really well in our uh, lives today because essentially the, the verbiage is uh, there was a group of ladies that ran out of gas. 
they just ran out of gas. There was a group of ladies that had reserves, and there was a group of ladies that ran out of gas. And, and when they ran out of gas, there was no way for them, because in life, there's no way. You, know, you, you might have people around you who have a, a great deal of spiritual reserve, like they've really invested in their soul and they have a strong soul, but that really doesn't transfer. Like that ticket is not transferable. You got what you got in the tank. And essentially they ran out of gas and they weren't ready and the moment was there and, and uh, they were shut out. And, and so what, 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 I, what I see a lot these days, and, and when, I, when I listen to a lot of what's going on around the world with other pastors and, and leaders and, and, um, and, and such, there are a lot of people who are abandoning their faith because they just have nothing left in the tank. They got, before the pandemic, uh, they ran their lives into the ground with busyness and a million other concerns and um, career pursuits and youth sports and activities and, and um, um, financial pursuits and material things, and, and they just didn't invest in, you know, it was like church was good when they had the time to go. They never had time to read scripture. They didn't invest in a prayer life, anything like that. And then the pandemic hit, and things went south, and they just went numb, and they're out. They're out. And so what Jesus is saying is, don't, don't live on no reserves, because there will be a time when you're waiting on God for something, and he doesn't come through at the moment you want him to come through, how you want him to come through, and you're not going to be able to handle it. Don't live like that. And then what's bigger is those things during life that we're waiting on God, they're really just um, sort of um, a practice or, or um, a precursors, illusions to that big moment when we actually stand before God <clears throat> and where our life and our faith really matter. And I want to be prepared for that. I don't want to be out of gas and somehow miss, you know, just don't have enough to endure and, and miss, that, miss that opportunity. So, so let's talk a little bit about how can we, I guess first just ask yourself, I hope you ask yourself this week, how am I doing really? Do I have any reserves? Do I have anything left in the tank? Have I built some kind of spiritual strength? And, and listen, be honest with this, even if that's not the kind of thing you normally do. Maybe you don't have those inward kinds of conversations. Be honest with where you're at. Denial is not resilience. Denial is not grit. Say, will you say that with me? Denial is not resilience. And, and if you can't deal with that, then you're in denial, and you don't have resilience, you just have denial. We have to build up resilience, grit, perseverance, um, oil in the jar, gas in the tank. We have to build it up. So, so let's talk about how. How can we build resilience? How can we rebuild resilience? Because you might be like, yeah, yeah, I'm at a, you know, if 10 is a full tank, I'm at a two, I'm at a zero, I'm at a three, okay? I, you can, wherever you are, you can, you can rebuild. Let's, let's talk about some, some ways to do that. All right, so um, <clears throat> first thing, as I readjust my notes here, 
Um, first thing to, to talk through is this um, false assumption that people make that's very costly, okay? Because, because we, we, have a, we, we tend to have a... Many people have a, have a poor association of that they misinterpret circumstances uh, when it comes to what's going on in life with, with the validity of the Bible, the nearness of God, all that. Now, here's what I mean. Some people walk away from church. They just... They're just done, because of bad things that happen to them in the church. They are mistreated. They get burned by a church, by other Christians, whatever. While that's heartbreaking for me, and I always hate to see that, and I always uh, I, I think that, that spiritual growth is best done in the context of, of other people who are growing together with Jesus, I, I at least understand. I understand when people walk away from church because they're so disappointed by other Christians, by a, a spiritual leader, whatever, they get burned and they walk away. But there's another group that feel like bad things in the world are evidence that either there is no God or the scriptures aren't reliable or they've gone too far and God has no use for them. They misinterpret bad things in the world. They expect that if there is a God and the Bible's true and they're doing what they should be doing, that things should be good for them. And when it's not, they walk away. And the reason I'm talking about this is because I think that, that step one in developing grit in life is just to realize that while it seems intuitive that if I'm living right, I'm, God's going to bless me and things are going to go well. And if, I'm, if I go through bad things, it means God's, God's just not there or the scriptures aren't true. But the truth is, the Bible is, is very open and honest about what you and I should expect from this world. And while I think it's sometimes it's unfortunate, but it makes sense to, to need a break from the church if bad things happen to you at the hands of other Christians and you get burned that way, it makes no sense to walk away from God because life is hard or walk away from the Scriptures because of bad things because that's kind of sort of what the Bible says life is going to be about. Bad things in life validate the Scriptures. And they in no way are a reflection of your standing with God. So, real life example here. <clears throat> I'm, I'm working through, I got put onto this uh, a few months ago. It's called the M Chain Bible Reading Plan. M apostrophe C H E Y N N E. It's named after the guy that, that created it. And, and essentially, um, you can Google that sometime. Uh, there, are, th there are four chapters you read a day, and that gets you through the Bible in a year. And, and this reading plan gets you through the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice every year. And there are four different chapters, uh, one chapter from four different books as you work your way through, sort of scattered throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And to my knowledge, there's no intended thematic overlap. <clears throat> four random chapters in order through a book as you go. And a few days into it, I immediately started to notice this theme. In Genesis, I'm reading about Abraham, who is on a mission from God, being hassled by all the tribes and kings and people around him. Meanwhile, same day, different chapter from Ezra, different period of history. And Ezra is a book about the uh, people uh, using political connections 
to make things hard for Ezra and Nehemiah, who are on a mission from God. Same day, different chapter, reading the gospel, you got the religious leaders making things very hard for Jesus and John the Baptist, both of whom on a mission from God. Same day, reading from the book of Acts, where even the weather is making things difficult for people on God's mission. Even the weather. It's like, God, really? That storm couldn't have waited today? And, and, and it just was, was, was very like, like, you know, I've already known this. I, already talk, I talk about this a lot, but I'm like, there it is again. It's this undeniable theme in the Bible. If you're above ground, and especially if you're above ground and on a journey with Jesus in life, you can expect difficulties. Difficulties in life are not evidence that the Bible isn't true and evidence that God isn't involved in your life. According to this, like, this validates the scriptures. So a part of gaining grit is just realizing, yeah, it's a part of the thing. It's a part of the thing. So here's a couple teachings from Jesus, real quick. John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. It's a promise. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Then he says in Matthew 5, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. Those sound like, that doesn't sound like Jesus is setting you up for Candy and ice cream. Like, in this world, you will have trouble. And if you're with me, you will be persecuted because every other person who's been on a journey with God has been persecuted. So inside, outside, internal, external, it's going to be hard. Deal with it. And I think that real, real practical, I had a friend who uh, knew that he was going to have difficulties in, in a, a job coming up and knew that his, his dad was um, terminal. And he had said, um, he said to me, I've just resolved that, well, I'll just, he said it, not me. I've just resolved that this next season of my life is going to suck. Again, I don't use that language, he did. Um, but there was something about that that I thought, that's grit. Like, that's a big part of it, is just realizing, yeah, life's going to be hard. And this is not evidence that God is far from me, and this is not evidence that there's no hope in Jesus. Life is just this season, or Yes, this life is going to have difficulties. So that's thing number one that I really think will get you a long way in developing grit and developing reserves is just realizing that your circumstances do not reflect your standing with God. You can go through very difficult things and be right in the center of God's will. God isn't necessarily punishing you because you're going through something difficult. So keep moving forward. That's what this life is going to deal you. Now, secondly... I want to look at Ephesians 3. <coughs> Ephesians 3 gives us a second approach. <coughs> I pray, this is Paul, says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, 
he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So strengthen, right? Resolve, grit, perseverance, resilience in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, with other followers of Jesus, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now what? Ephesians 3 tells you is that a big part of inner strength is a gift from God and it flows through your love for people and through God showing you just how deep and vast Jesus' love is for you. So Paul prays that we would be strengthened by living out love ourselves for others, and also understanding a love that surpasses knowledge, that, that's, so it's a supernatural gift, that we would understand how vast Jesus' love is for you and I. So I'm just going here from the Bible. Number one, realize that things are going to be bad because that's the Bible's promise. Number two, we need to be praying that we would understand that God would somehow show us in a supernatural way just how much Jesus loves us. And through realizing that in spite of what we go through, Jesus' love for us is as vast as the ocean itself, we would somehow be strengthened in our inner being and by loving other people as best as we can. We would be strengthened in our inner being. So it could be that if you find yourself on E today and you're just like, yeah, I'm out of gas. You start by doing everything you can to love people around you as best as you can. And by praying, God, will you show me in some special way just how much you love me? Okay? So that's, um, that's, that's, uh, that's the second thing. And then and then along that thought, as we think about meditating on God's love for us, there, there's this, and I am very hesitant to plug a Christian inspirational thing because I can't stand most of it that's out there. It's just high marketing, low-hanging fruit, um, emotional blah, okay? But there is this, this is, um, you got the, I I'd sent Marcus this morning a picture of, a, of an app. Is that, did that make it or not? Totally my fault. Is it up there? It's got the, it's the pause app. It's got a, a highlighted circle around it. Okay. Um, there's an app called uh, the One Minute Pause, and it's by John Eldridge. Um, it just looks two vertical lines like a pause button. So if you go on your phone whenever, go right now if you want. On your app store, you'll see the One Minute Pause. And John Eldridge is a Christian counselor, um, a leader, wrote a lot of books. And um, again, while I generally am hesitant to plug something like this, I've done it for about 10 days. It is so good. Um, it's a series of meditations that you walk through. Uh, and and a, lot of, a lot of my material, 
has come from a recent book that he wrote called Resilient. So just to give full credit there, <clears throat> and I don't, I don't plug a lot of books. I don't regurgitate a lot of material. It is, it is so good. Um, it's just like seven, eight minutes in the morning and seven, eight minutes in the evening, and it's a guided meditation through Scripture and God's truth uh, centered around the love of Jesus and the love he has for us. And, and, and it is so good that, I mean, if you're on E and you were to ask me, what, what can I do right now? How can I find some kind of, I would tell you, download the one-minute pause app and work through those meditations from John Eldridge. Um, they, they, are, they are so good. And it has brought me, um, I mean, I can feel it growing my uh, strength and reserves as I've done that over the past 10 days or so. So I just want to I, I I plug that. And then one last thing. Um, if you incorporate any scripture at all in your life, this is the one. And this is, a, this is a huge promise from Jesus that I know will strengthen your life, okay? And this is one that I read at every marriage. Um, this, this comes from Matthew chapter 7. If we're looking about, if we're looking to build resilience and strength, you got to mention, uh, you, you got to have this at work in your life, okay? Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. A couple promises there. Number one, like we said earlier, there will be storms. Life is going to be difficult, there will be storms. Uh, number two, if you build your life around the teachings of Jesus, if you get to know them and put them into practice, you will have resilience. You will stand. You will endure those storms in life. You will have the grit to get through it because his teachings, his way of life, will because that, when we obey Jesus' teachings, it brings us under his lordship and under his protection. And we will get through it. We won't always avoid them but we will get through them. And if we don't, then Jesus says, don't expect much. You're on your own. And that doesn't go well. So um, I, I guess uh, as, as we think about building uh, grit and resilience, number one, realize that um, it's a part of life and, and it's not a reflection of your standing with God when you go through difficulties. Uh, num number two, um, center your life in, in, in love for others. And in God's love for you, <clears throat> pray that he shows you just how vast the love of Jesus is and focus on that. Um, and then also build your life around uh, the teachings of Jesus because, um, uh, and you do that by reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's where the teachings of Jesus are found. And asking yourself, how does this apply to me? 
and, and conform your life to that. And I think it'll get you a long way to, um, to rebuilding your reserves. I'll post on my Facebook page the, uh, how to find that, that app. I, I feel bad that I, I wanted to include that and didn't have the, the picture to do that. So I'll do that. In the meantime, um, let's stand, and I'm going to pray. And then uh, we'll do one last song, and, um, and I'll see you at uh, um, Taco Loco. No, I'm kidding.